Welcome to A Novel Life, a podcast about living life in a novel way. I am Lauren Ruth Martin, a licensed therapist in Tennessee. Remember that what we talk about on here is a lot like therapy, but it's not the real deal. I'm not your therapist, but I hope that you can find a good therapist. Let's start the show. Welcome back. How is everybody doing? It's finally, well, I record this at night, but where I live, it is finally, there's no more snow. There's no more rain. We actually have a week of sunshine coming up and y'all spring forward is around the corner. We're already getting sunlight past five o'clock and I can tell you that it's already helped my mood and I think it's on March. I'm going to Google it right now. Spring for not spring break. (laughs) Spring forward is... Sunday, March 14th. So we got 12. Well, I'm recording this on the second. So we have 12 days. If when the podcast airs tomorrow, we'll have 11 days. Y'all better days, more daylight are ahead. I'm I'm so I'm so excited. Um, It's very weird in Tennessee, because we went from like uh, sheets of snow to pouring down rain. And now we're going to be like in the 60s. So we basically have to have all seasons of clothing available at all times. Um, This podcast is actually airing on the year anniversary of the tornado that struck Nashville last year. And it was a very bizarre sort of experience because I live in a suburb that's like 30 minutes outside of Nashville. And so it didn't really impact where we are. However, it really shook a lot of people that like that lived similar to the bombing, like even if you weren't in direct contact with it, it it just sort of shook that this sort of stuff was happening in, um, in your backyard. And as we approach um, the the year of that, um, actually, it's airing today. So as we're on the year of that, I, I just remember, last year. And this is something that I I love about Nashville. Um, It's basically my second home. I've almost been here equally equal parts of um, my life. It's very interesting. Um, It's it's sort of like a phenomena of when, when Nashville gets knocked down, everybody just steps up and just starts helping. And it's something that I actually really appreciate. And it was it was very, um, I'm about to get emotional. Oh, wow. It was something that was so amazing to experience and to try to contribute. Like my husband and I met up with friends and we were trying to go around town and, and see what we could do. And there were too many volunteers. And so it was a good problem to have. And to think that we were all doing that, like my friends and I were going to plan, um, my therapist friends and I were going to plan this like big event in um, in Cookville to help them. And then two weeks later, just to get shut in, it was a very weird stark contrast of having this moment of community and then just to have that almost immediately taken away. And I don't know about y'all, but at this time, I I feel like I'm still living two very different lives, like the life that I had before 2020 and, and thinking about the life ahead. And it, it's just a very, 
it's just a very weird time. And if you feel like you're struggling just to take a breath, remember that we have all been through a, we're all still going through a a very collective experience. And one of my friends made this post that was so great that our body remembers these events. And so if you're just sort of feeling, if, if things are coming up for you, if you just feel a little out of it, we're still going through stuff. And this week, I would encourage y'all just to to take some time to pause, to reflect, to to be, to contact that present moment, and to just kind of be where you are and have some compassion. Because if you're feeling a little wonky, there's probably a reason why. And in all of that, see the good, but also know that you're still processing some hard stuff. So with that, let's take a quick break, and I'll be back to answer a question. Every week, I answer a question that you submit. How do you get me to answer your question? Just shoot me a DM at my Instagram account. It's at Lauren Ruth Martin. Um, Yeah, just do it. So this week's question is about, I'm trying to paraphrase it so that I don't give away too much. Basically, they struggle to see if who they're talking to is being polite or if they're genuinely interested in the interaction. And so what they're curious about is um, how can we better communicate politeness versus interest? And y'all know me, I like to break things down around, um, you know, figuring out our point of view on it. And then how can we signal more engagement? Um, What comes to mind first off is uh, radically open DBT uh, lesson 19 validation. So validation is not about necessarily affirming. It's about checking for clarity and understanding. So that's more of like the skills component of it. Um, I think I have a whole podcast on that. Yeah, it's called validation is hard. I don't know what episode number it is, but I I did a full episode on that. Um, But when we think about gauging politeness versus interest. This is something that I think if you're trying to gauge it in the other person, if they're being polite, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's up to it's up to each other to really communicate if they are being, um, you know, if they don't know a lot about it, and they're just listening. Um, we have to check in with whoever we're discussing um, the topic with this is something that actually, um, last week, I had my RODBT supervision and it was hard. Um, But one thing that I got feedback on was that I need to do more, more check-ins and to slow down the pace. And I I would encourage you to maybe do that if you're curious with the other person, if they are genuinely interested or if they're polite, just have like a quick check-in with them be like, Hey, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, do you, are you with me? Um, this could be a little bit of outing yourself of like, Oh my gosh, you know that I'm obsessed with the housewives and I could talk about this all day. Um, Do you know where I'm at with this? Asking for for check ins and clarity and using those levels of validation. um, Even if the person is just being polite, that's okay. You know, and if we think about these like levels of intimacy, 
you know, some, some people we are, we're going to stay at a lower level with not only intimacy wise, but even validation wise, because maybe we don't have a lot to contribute to the conversation. Maybe we just want to listen and learn. Uh, maybe our head is in a different place. Like there are so many factors. I mean, if y'all think about it, anytime we're in a conversation, there are so many factors at play that come into that impact our ability to engage and to be engaged. And if we're trying to if we're trying to sit in that place and figuring out if they're genuinely interested, again, having check-ins with them, but also being mindful of what's driving us to, to be concerned about that. Some of us do struggle with reading social signals. And if they're nodding their head, if they are off their phone, if they're, you know, if they're listening, they're with you. That's the, like being attentive is the first level of validation. Um, sometimes we want people to be on our level of excitement about things and that's difficult. Um, sometimes we just want to be able to, I know my husband is like this. He wants to be able to go into great detail and that sometimes overloads me. Um, but that's where check-ins and that's where recognizing that even if somebody isn't necessarily like as enthused as you, if they're engaged and they're there, they want to be there. Um, and even if it's out of obligation, they're being kind in that, in that moment by hearing you out. Um, if you feel like they aren't being engaged, then you can check in with that and use qualifiers to express your point of view of like, you know, I'm aware of imagining that I'm talking your head off. Um, is this something that you're interested in? Um, or, hey, I'm aware of imagining that I have overloaded you. Do I need to slow down a little bit? There's nothing wrong with checking in and bringing the other person back in because maybe maybe their head isn't in, in a different spot and it's nothing on your doing. It's just where they are. And that opens up the opportunity for them to out themselves to you. And then y'all work together in order to make it a more equal conversation. So hopefully that helps. I could always go into more detail, but we don't have the time. Stay tuned. We have our deep dive coming up after this. Okay, so some of this, I'm just going to go ahead and prepare you, is going to be somewhat vague. And I hope that my experience, I'm straight up giving y'all insight into my experience. It's sort of like being a client of RO, but it's not because it's group supervision. But what we're going to deep dive into is the gift of truth. And this week in my RODBT supervision, I had two hours of the gift of truth given to me and full disclosure I did end up crying at one point (laughs) because what they offered was very truthful and it hit me some type of way but what when what this is essentially about when we think about the gift of truth I'm going to talk about um, receiving feedback so not as much about giving the gift of truth but more so what it's like being on the receiving end and how we can be become, um, I don't want to say better learners, but how we can become, how we can cope with that. How can we cope with receiving the gift of truth? Because in RODBT, when we talk about the gift of truth, when we give someone the gift of truth, we tell them something that might be tough to say, it might be tough to hear, 
but it's to give this feedback in order to move somebody towards their value goals and what they want. So this is something that we do to friends or families or those that we love. Um, I remember being a, a giver of truth very intensely to my husband when he was um, debating on trying to pursue a different career because um, I was pregnant. And I basically had to be very blunt with him. And it was hard for him to receive that. But it was also necessary because he, he I had to sort of point his face to the light and say, Hey, like, this is the reality of the situation. He didn't believe me um, when I was talking about how long it would take to, to possibly get another job. Um, it was an I told you so moment. Um, but we don't do that. We don't say I told you so. Um, unless it's, you know, well received, but we, we don't rub our friends faces in the in the mud. You know, we don't kick them while they're down. But when we think about receiving the gift of truth, so I, I think we know what it's like to give it. Um, it can be a very comfortable experience for some of y'all. It can be a very distressing experience. Um, I, I want to speak more to that receiving end because I think that's where a lot of us struggle. It's what can bring us to our edge. And, and I can tell you, so to be vague, um, in RODBT supervision, we submit tapes and we get feedback on our tapes. And I was anxious to do this because I feel like I can talk a lot about the treatment, doing the treatments a little bit harder for me, um, because you have to stay focused and that's not my strong suit. And all of the feedback that I received, I was able to point out and indicate myself. And I'm not going to go into details as to what the feedback was. But let me tell you, hearing it from another person, it just hit some type of way. And if we think about it, if we think about the context, I'm a person that dishes this out all day. And even though I'm in my own therapy, receiving direct feedback, I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. Like, it's a very tough experience. And, you know, one insight that I am recognizing is really, I think I already knew this, but I, I, I knew it, but sometimes we need these reminders of when you go to therapy, it's truly, it, it is a gift and it is hard being on the receiving end of feedback, especially if you are engaged in a therapy that you're getting more direct feedback can be a hard process it can, it can knock you down. It can drain you. It like, you might leave session feeling more tired than you did going in. And that's because uh, the people that are giving us these gift of gifts of truth, they're guiding us to those places that we try to avoid immensely or, or places that we, we don't want to go because they make us uncomfortable and experiencing that and realizing that it was happening, I was, I was luckily able to re to get my resources and to stay engaged and to remain in the conversation. But the gift of truth, where it was so hard to take in, it was a game changer for me. Um, and my, my RO, like the RO supervisor for this group session was so kind and so generous and my RO peers were so generous and gracious with giving the feedback um, where it was really hard to receive. Um, it, it, it changed 
because a lot of times when we receive the gift of truth, it's stuff that we're already thinking. But since we haven't been called to the carpet about it, maybe we've avoided implementing. And so when you think about being on the receiving end of the gift of truth, I think a helpful question is, have I been told this before? Or is this something that I've been telling myself? So that's good question one. And good question two is, what has likely caused my avoidance? Or what's even causing me to want to avoid it in this moment? And I will tell you, my my little therapist ego was, you know, I was genuinely disappointed in myself, not for how I received the feedback, but for some of the the things that warranted the feedback. It, I was trying to avoid feeling disappointed in myself. It wasn't necessarily about judgment from other people. I I wasn't ready to face some of the things that I knew. Whew. That was a bigger yawn than I expected. Um, I don't think I was ready to face some of the <laughs> the realizations that I'd already been having. And that's why we call it the gift of truth, because it is a gift. Not all of us have people that we can go to or opportunities to receive feedback and to confirm what we already know. Like that is a true, it's a gift. And and even if that gift is a bag of crap on your doorstep, like at least you know that you're not crazy for smelling the crap. Um, And I guess I'm sharing this experience because again, I'm, I'm realizing like where, how it can be hard to be on the receiving end of feedback and therapy and where there that can make us feel some type of way or when those that we love have given us more honest feedback. But I think what this, the core of this is about, and this is what we'll spend the rest of the podcast about is what do we do with feedback or what do we do with the gift of truth when we receive it? And the thing is, we always have an option to to take or leave the feedback that we receive. And if we're trying to become more flexible and we're trying to challenge some of our beliefs that keep us stuck or that bring us great stress or depression or anxiety, we have to be honest with ourselves and and really recognize why we might be running away from receiving the gift of truth or why we might ignore the gift. I don't know what is up with me. I keep yawning. Um, Or why we might ignore the gift of truth when it's given to us. And maybe sometimes we have to take a step back and, and let our emotions um, be experienced. And and I'm more under controlled, so it, it's hard for me to reserve my feelings. Um, for those of y'all that are over controlled, you might have to take a step back and let your brain's thoughts sort of settle instead of being an overdrive. But when we think about the choice that we have of receiving dismissing, applying or staying stuck, that is a lot easier said than done. And the thing is, depending on context, sometimes we don't have to take that feedback 
as um, as absolute truth and overcorrect. But this is where that concept of self-inquiry comes into play. And when we talk about our edge, I felt at my edge many different times. And in fact, I will say, there was a topic that was brought up in RO supervision and I actually found myself engaging in one of my social signals that I do when I am overwhelmed and I started like justifying myself. And luckily you guessed it. I got the gift of truth about that. <laughs> and it was a question of, do you feel like you have to defend yourself right now? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that, and it, I laughed because like I recognized exactly what I was doing in that moment. So when we think about this concept that we talk about in radically open DBT of self inquiry and really becoming acquainted and aware and connected with ourselves. So the gift of truth is truly about awareness. So I think that's the main point to drive home today. The gift of truth is about awareness and how we receive or apply the gift of truth is also about awareness too. I have found in my work that what is hard is that we know things about ourselves, but we don't have awareness of things about ourselves. I have known for a a while, I won't say a long time, I've known for a while that I tend to be quick to justify myself due to, (laughs) I'm going to blame this one on my family, because uh, we would always have these battles And if I ever wanted something, I was like already ready to have a PowerPoint presentation and to prove that I'm right. So I know that there's some of that um, in there. But I I also have a deep, deep, deep thing around being misunderstood. Um, And so that's sort of my go to place when I'm in novel or uncertain situations. But now that I can take inventory of what that feels like in my body, how I signal, like I did not catch myself in defending myself until I was called out for it. But that's why we have people to make us more aware of what we're doing. Because how we receive the gift of truth and what we do with it is something that's so ingrained in us that we might not even be aware of what we do in order to block or protect ourselves from that discomfort in the moment. Y'all change is hard. Change is so hard. Because we where we might be engaged in stuff that isn't working for our lives, it's still comfortable. And when we receive that gift of truth, it really shakes up our discomfort and puts us in a in a novel state. And if we begin developing a sense of curiosity and openness, Um, I had to really cheerlead myself at the start of the supervision that all the feedback I was receiving was for my benefit. It was for my benefit. It was for me to learn. It was for me to like, I was there to basically get the Christmas style under the tree, all the gifts of truth and like a very quick setting. Um, And we might have to do that too. Like if we have that therapy session or that friend, or we know we need to have a hard talk and receive the gift of truth, we might need to talk to ourselves and, and, you know, free up our bodies, but we have to have awareness of what our go-to behaviors are 
when we are in those situations, when we're receiving the gift of truth, because if we continuously avoid receiving it, we're never going to learn. And if we don't take it and really examine it, and we don't have to do it all at once, but if we just open ourselves to the process of examining it, then we're not going to change. And if there is something that I'm in my 30, almost 35 years on this earth, um, being open to change is so necessary and, and not overcorrective change, like genuine change that is driven by the things that we may want out of life and not so much out of fear. And maybe this would be like a good point for me to bring in how important it is to recognize how much fear is met with the gift of truth. It, because we are being, we're being put in the spotlight and we're, we're being told to face some of these dark places that we don't want to face. And it is absolutely, it's terrifying, like watching a scary movie. Like it's really uncomfortable or let's, okay, scrap that. (laughs) Receiving the gift of truth and the fear that comes with it is like a roller coaster. So you you take your you take your pick. I'm gonna go with roller coaster. Like you know that who you're receiving this gift of truth from, like the roller coaster thing, like you're you're buckled in and that and you're safe. But as you're riding the roller coaster or receiving the gift of truth, you go through loop de loops and all of that and you start questioning whether you're ready to handle this. And then at the end of the ride you know, you realize that you survived and you're breathing, you're still like a little shaken up, but you're realizing that you did it and that it was actually kind of fun. That's sort of what it's like receiving the gift of truth from someone is that you, you know, that this person is being honest with you because they can't, they, they feel safe enough to be honest with you. And they, they are assuming that you, or if you're asking for it, that you feel safe enough to have this exchange. So there's the seatbelt and like the safety measures and the roller coaster. And then as this discussion is happening, you know, you're, you're starting to think about things, possibly go into hindsight, um, notice where it's challenging your bias and your point of view. And, you know, it, it can cause us to feel a bit of distress or discomfort. And then once we take a step back and, and really let ourselves and the information to breathe in our brain, to breathe in our body, to, to actually let ourselves breathe and see what in that feedback is truly applicable, is truly challenging and, and what might be helpful feedback, but not, um, not applying to the context of your life, that's where you can start making magic happen and you can start experimenting and you can start trying out new things that are necessary in order to evolve with the ever-changing needs of your life. And when you're doing that, it can almost feel like riding the roller coaster again, but when you realize that you survive receiving the gift of truth and that it can actually point you into directions that are truly in line with your values, you're kind of like, oh, hey, this is this is kind of nice. This is kind of fun. I, I, I think I want it again. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've come to a lot of my supervision sessions with some anxiety, um, as most of us do whenever we're getting our um, 
you know, whenever we're getting our, our work, whatever it is, whenever we're getting feedback, we're, we're met with a little bit of anxiety, but I'm telling you, I'm actually really looking forward to my next supervision. I, I have less anxiety. I have less, um, expectation and really just more anticipation of it because I'm, I'm looking forward to what, what else I can learn. And I, and again, I'm just sharing this with all of y'all. This is a little bit of a brag because I'm actually really proud of myself for sitting, sitting in that experience and and using all of these skills, like activating social safety, being curious, being open, taking ownership for where I was in that moment and really challenging that fear um, and really challenging that need to like justify myself. It was actually a liberating experience after that. Um, and I don't know how to, I don't really know why. And I don't think I'll ever know the why I can just tell you what I experienced that, that roller coaster of receiving the gift of truth really opened myself up to seeing that I'm allowed to change the things that I've been wanting to change were confirmed that I needed to change. And that what I was doing wasn't inherently bad. It just wasn't pointing me in the direction that I need to go. And so if you have people that you trust or places that you know you can receive that gift of truth, I would encourage you to seek it out this week. And especially if it's something that you're on the fence about pursuing, just try it out, ride that roller coaster of discomfort and see what you can learn. Because I'm telling you, it's really awesome. I'm always so thankful that y'all tune into this podcast. It means so much. Um, If you have time, please rate, review, subscribe. That helps get the word out there. Please share this with your friends. If that's more of your deal, just shoot them a text um, of any of the past podcast episodes. I'm working on getting the transcripts online so that if you want to read through it, you can do that. Um, Lots more great content coming your way. Um, make sure you're following me at Lauren Ruth Martin and have the week you're going to have. I'll see you next week.